everyone, this is Masa from Combat Connection, and today we have a very special guest. His name is Dr. Robert Carl Jr., and he is a physicist here, and he is going to help explain a little bit of the physics behind the very famous Muay Thai kick. Welcome, Dr. Carl. Great. Thanks for having me. I'm honored to be here. So, welcome, Dr. Carl. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your credentials as a physicist? Yeah, certainly. Um, so, as you mentioned, uh, I am a doctor. Uh, so, I have a PhD in physics from the University of Colorado at Boulder. A lot of my time there was spent doing high-energy laser physics with ultra-fast pulsed lasers. Very cool stuff doesn't have direct application to martial arts. But I do know about physics that does have direct application. Unless you've invented laser nunchucks, in which case, let me know. <laughs> um, I don't know anything about laser nunchucks, but if any of our viewers have any idea about possible laser nunchuck development please let me know because i want that in my life so today we are going to talk about the muay thai kick it's a pretty famous kick it's different than a lot of the other kicks because it's not just kicking the opponent you actually push off the opponent in order to return as opposed to rechambering or just moving your hip back so it's known as being one of the stronger kicks in the martial arts world, and I want to know why. Yeah, that's great questions there. Um, this is something I heard about the Muay Thai kick, and I was immediately interested because the reason that it is as strong as it is is directly related to some of the physics underlying how one kicks. Should we do something about the, uh, the, the cat, cat in the room? In the room. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just needed to be acknowledged. He's fine now. Momo, I acknowledge you. Now shut up. But we're going to cut you out in post. Yeah, so in order to dig into what makes this kick so special, before touching on the physics, did you want to describe how the martial artist sees this kick? Um other than powerful. <laughs> um, so something that's interesting with the Muay Thai kick, I come from a, a Kempo background. So when I was learning Muay Thai and first learning this kick, it took me a while to really understand and appreciate. Uh, but basically, it's almost like you're just swinging your leg at the person, just like wildly. That's not actually how it goes, but essentially you are on the ball of your foot and you just basically hawk your leg at the person and then when you make contact you push off them in order to return to your stance it's uh it just is a very heavy hit that isn't necessarily clean and snappy like uh, some of the karate kicks that i'm used to where you you know, you flamingo up your clean chamber, you snap out your leg, bring it back chamber, 
put it down with this, it's just like you're throwing your body at them. And it's fun. <laughs> well, as the resident physicist, I can definitely dig into why that's more fun. So the main way that I would view this kick from a, say, physics standpoint is there are a few parts uh, of the kick. There's the part where you're moving your leg, uh, the part where you're making contact with your adversary, and then the part after where you move your leg more. <laughs> um, and by looking at those three snapshots in time, we can look at what makes these kicks different. Um, so let's start with the Kempo style kick. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing that you do is you pull your knee up into the chamber. So we'll start there. Your knee's already up. Um, I'm going to sketch that and show off my how a physicist sees a martial artist. Um, so you have your knee up, and the next thing, eventually, you will be at this position uh, where you have fully extended your leg and you are kicking your opponent. Um, in between those two moments, um, a whole bunch of muscle stuff has happened in your leg, the effect of which is to cause your bottom leg. Boy, I wish there were a better name for that, huh? Uh, your shin. Like your shin and your calf and that whole area? Yeah, everything below the knee has to swing. Um, kind of like... Uh, Kind of like a kick. <laughs> or like a, a door on a hinge? Uh, yes, like a door on a hinge or uh, any hinge, really. <laughs> um, so there is one fixed point, which is the knee itself. And then there's stuff attached to the knee, the shin, the calf, the foot. And it's rotating in a direction um <clears throat> forward usually usually forward um but, but sometimes backwards mm -hmm. if you're bad at kicks <laughs> um so when this when the leg is rotating like this that bottom portion of the leg is carrying a form of momentum uh, that form of momentum is called angular momentum because it's rotating as opposed to non-angular momentum, linear momentum, which is something like when a car is driving or someone's throwing a baseball uh, or you're throwing a punch straight forward, there's linear momentum, which is directly in a line. This is angular momentum, which is on an arc or any curved motion. Uh, functionally, they act the same um, but they're curvier. <laughs> so that's the first thing that happens in your kick is you use energy in your muscles to cause your leg to swing. Then your leg hits your adversary and it's 
unpleasant for them. Um, so in this moment, uh, all of that momentum that your leg has, uh, you're trying to transfer it into the body of your opponent to send them back flying through the wall. Um, so in order to cause the most pain, uh, what you want to do is transfer as much force as you can in as little time as you can, which this makes a lot of sense uh, intuitively. If you want to kick someone and make it hurt more, uh, kick them harder or kick them faster. Um, turns out, mathematically, it's exactly that. The more harder you kick them, the more it hurts. The faster you kick them, also the more it hurts. Um, and then in Kempo, the last thing you would do is get your foot out of there. And this is done by rechambering. Um, so now you have started in your foot out, I just kicked you position, which notably isn't actually what I just drew. <laughs> uh, your foot out position and your foot briefly after having hit your opponent isn't moving um, and then you need to swing it back inward to rechamber so that you are once again in your crane pose <laughs> uh, so in order to do this you're again using energy in your leg muscles I think those muscles are in the thigh uh, to bring your foot back, rotate your lower leg the opposite direction. And thus, you have done one Kempo kick. And obviously, in this situation, we're talking about um, a front snap sort of kick. Obviously, we're not talking about a side kick or a back kick or a roundhouse. Just very basic, basic kick. That's true. The other ones are different. <laughs> uh, speaking of different kicks, uh, did you want to dig into the Muay Thai kick now? Yeah, let's talk about the Muay Thai kick. Yeah, so the, as I understand it, the difference in the Muay Thai kick is that when you're actually making contact with your opponent, uh, instead of kicking them and then pulling your leg back, you're essentially pushing off of them so there is that but something i noticed um having the kempo background we clean chambered like whether we were doing a back kick side kick roundhouse it's it's a very clean chamber that you can just easily snap out a bunch of kicks in a row should you want to with the muay thai kick you can't really just stand there with your leg in the air and constantly kick the opponent because there might theoretically be a chamber but there has been no chamber that i see um it's just kind of a forcing your hip forward and your leg just kind of happens to be attached to it is is how i would uh describe it in my personal experience and then yes when you hit the the opponent Again, because there is no real chamber, at least not a clean chamber, you push back off that opponent in order to 
to essentially get you back into your stance faster. So rather than wasting your energy just pulling it back, it's kind of like, you know, uh, a gift as you leave, as uh, my old grandmaster might say. <laughs> yeah, and there's there are reasons why you would want to do both of those things to accomplish what the Muay Thai kick accomplishes, which is incredible power. Um, so there's the one aspect, which is uh, pushing off of the opponent as you make contact, and the other aspect of not chambering. And we can dig into why each of those makes sense in the physics. Um, so as before, uh, with the Kempo kick, there are three different moments in time to consider the pre-contact contact, and then post-contact in the kick. So, and for those, I forgot to mention this when you're doing the Kempo kick, you're keeping your hands up in the guard position, uh, a big difference with the Muay Thai kick is you swing your arm down as you kick and that's supposed to help with balance and that is going to help Dr. Carl explain the differences in a few moments. Yes, that is another thing that we can dig into also, which is why do you do that thing with your arm in the Muay Thai kick? <laughs> um, so let's, let's draw this out a bit. So before you do your Muay Thai kick, you are standing. Um, actually, I'm going to have to do a bit better on the arms because they are relevant in Muay Thai. For the record, he's talking about the drawing he is currently working on in front of me. Yes. <laughs> Much better. Uh, now the stick figure has their guard up, which is important. So as with um, the Kempo kick, uh, initially the fighter is stationary, but then they will have to, using the muscles in their body and energy from within, um, lift their leg and propel it towards their opponent. Uh, in this case, uh, since the leg is being lifted, there's still going to be angular momentum. Um, so this, I think it's more appropriate in the Muay Thai kick to think of it as, uh, pivoting around the hip rather than the knee. I would say it's more like pivoting on the ball of your foot. The reason being... Your leg is almost straight. I see the expression you're making. Yeah, so I think I think we're just using different uh, definitions of the word pivot. Okay. So while you might pivot your body mm -hmm. about the ball of your foot, mm -hmm. when you're swinging your leg in the kick, that leg is going to have a pivot point at either the knee, if you're, say, bending your knee, or at the hip, if you're like, swinging your leg. So in this case, when you're talking about a pivot point, you're sort of talking about like a, a joint, essentially, like where the bones attach. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's, 
um, what we would call it in physics is an axis of rotation. Um, essentially, it's a point about which things are rotating. So this would be very much akin to the hinge of a door. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> a yeah. pivot point to us can mean different things in the martial arts world. That makes sense. Um, though I will say, even in this case, the pivot point you're referring to, pivoting about the ball of your feet, that's the same sort of pivot point. Just instead of rotating in one direction, you're rotating your whole body about this point. So a lot of rotation is going on during kicks and such. Turns out, yeah. Uh, but in this case, we'll consider a pivot point uh, for the leg as it's swinging, uh, a pivot point about the hip. Okay. Um, as that leg is swinging, it needs to have angular momentum, else it is not actually swinging. And that brings the foot up as you get closer to your adversary. Uh, as the leg gets closer. Yes, exactly. And then, while that's happening, this is when you are dropping your arm in order to improve balance, yes? Uh, yes. Uh, as you're doing this, you are swinging the arm back, and it's the same side that you're kicking with. So if you're kicking with your left leg, uh, your left arm is going, swinging back. So... Leg goes forward, arm goes back. <laughs> yeah, so while that's happening, the leg is swinging upward. So, say, call that clockwise rotation, uh, if you're looking at it from a direction where it looks clockwise. Um, and then, while you're doing that, your arm is swinging in the opposite direction, mm -hmm. counterclockwise. So, a lot of people think that is for speed and momentum. Does it make the kick faster at all from the pure physics involved here no that's not going to make your leg muscles work stronger or faster um, however there's more than just pure physics when you're performing martial arts if mentally it helps you put more strength into it, then that's going to show up as a stronger kick. Um, or if it allows you to balance more, then you can put more force behind the kick without falling over. Mm -hmm. So while you may see more speed or force from dropping this hand, it's not mechanically related to the dropping of the hand. Um, so what does the dropping of the hand do if it's so people think that it can make you faster or increase momentum, but you're saying that's not what's going on here. Um, there is, while a lot of us are not physicists in the martial arts world, there tends to be a lot of reason behind the sort of things that we do and why we do them. Um, so what would be... Like, is there anything behind dropping that hand? Does it do anything? Absolutely, it does. So, 
we have the leg swinging upward with angular momentum in one direction, and then we have the arm swinging the other way with angular momentum in the opposite direction. And what that means is that the total angular momentum in your entire body is reduced because it's going to be the difference between those two. What does that mean for people who, like me, who don't understand exactly what that means? <laughs> yeah, so what that means, the bottom line of what that means is your non-kicking foot, mm -hmm. your other leg, is going to have to do less work to keep you balanced. Normally, when you kick, because you're imparting angular momentum into your leg, now your entire body has angular momentum. So if you did nothing else, you would fall over onto the floor because your whole body would have to rotate. But since you have your other foot on the floor, your foot is imparting forces onto the floor to keep you balanced. And the stronger you kick with one leg, the more energy it takes to keep yourself balanced with the other leg. Okay, so it's sort of like those situations when people kick too hard and they, they kick out from under themselves. Have you seen that? I haven't seen that exactly, but I think I know what you're getting at. Yeah, where people kick and next thing you know, they're on their butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, for instance, if you were trying to kick someone but you're fighting on an ice rink, uh, <laughs> it might be a lot harder to impart those balancing forces without slipping and falling okay but here's the thing since you're dropping the other arm that reduces the total angular momentum in your body which means your off leg the leg that's still planted on the ground has to work less in order to keep you standing so by that logic if we go back to the ice rink which yeah. i don't recommend anyone fight on an ice rink um, like with the Kempo kick, we keep our, our guard up, you know, we're relying on a lot of balance on that other foot that isn't kicking, uh, that would need more of a sort of grip on the ground and more balance. So, and if this Muay Thai kick doesn't necessarily need as much balance, not that one would land or the other, but theoretically would the Muay Thai kick be easier to do on that ice rink? Yeah, this is a cool question. As as a physicist, I have to say, please do all of your fighting on an ice rink in a room without atmosphere. And if you can all be spheres, that would also help. <laughs> and record it, of course. Of course. Of course. Um, but to answer your question, uh, more or less, yes. Um, if you were to have the same two kicks uh, while standing on ice, you would find it a lot easier to balance while doing this Muay Thai fist dropping uh, than you would doing the chambered Kempo kick. And by fist dropping, you mean arm swing. <laughs> that one, yeah. <laughs> fist dropping is more of a technical term for it. It's a little bit of a confusing one for those who don't know exactly, you know, if they're from a different art. Ah, like me. Yes, um, that is true. 
Fun fact, uh, Dr. Carl does have some martial arts experience number of years ago, but you were in Kempo, right? Uh, yes. Once once upon a time, I did practice Kempo. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't for like a year or two, right? No, it was uh, this I did growing up, I think all throughout grade school, but I stopped before going to undergrad. So that's a quite a bit of a a gap, you know. So, do you have a rough estimate? Yeah, no, that would be roughly ten years ago. So I wouldn't call myself up to date. Yes, but how long did you actually practice? Oh, like in years. Um, that would be also about ten years. Okay, just so people know that. You know, because sometimes you do martial arts as a little kid and you get bored and you, you know, quit after a year or two. Sometimes you quit after 10 years or two. (laughs) But having that 10 years of experience, even though it was 10 years ago, um, does help cement in your mind the sort of techniques and understanding of the martial arts better than if you had gone you know and done martial arts for one or two years 10 years ago that's probably true i've (laughs) only done the first one so (laughs) it's hard to say how well i would understand things if i understood them less (laughs) (laughs) all right so the arm is doing the balance and the leg is going towards the opponent I believe that's where we left off. Indeed. Um, So now you want to touch on the second interesting aspect, which is the moment of contact. Mm -hmm. So what's unique about the Muay Thai kick here is that instead of trying to essentially smack your opponent with your foot, you are trying to push off of their body. Um, So what this means is that instead of using the muscles in your leg to pull your leg back, uh, you are instead using the contact you're making with your opponent to push your leg back. Um, So normally, or as in the case with the Kempo kick, uh, you would have to... Once you've hit your opponent, use some amount of energy to pull your leg back. Uh, Now what you're doing is uh, essentially pushing on your opponent to get that same effect. Um, So what that means is if this is your foot and that is their body, Initially, your foot is moving towards their body with some amount of momentum. But then afterwards, your foot is going to be moving away with some other amount of momentum. Probably roughly the same. Um, If you were to just do this without anything there to hit, um, you would have to expend energy first to stop your foot from continuing to move forward. And then more energy 
to cause your foot to come back to you. Uh, similar to if you're driving down a highway and all of a sudden you've decided you want to drive backwards. <laughs> Bad idea. But let's say you decided to do that. In order to do that, you would first have to stop the car and then move backwards or do a sick U-turn. <laughs> uh, the case of this kick is more the former. Um, but that's what you would have to do if you were not hitting anything. But you have a very convenient target target right in front of you uh and so what we can do instead is by pushing your foot off of them uh, you make their body provide that force to bring your leg back mm -hmm. um, so this goes into what's called uh, newton's second law we might have to fix that in post if i got the wrong number Oh, boy. Yeah, that's not his second law. What law? Uh, so that goes into what's called Newton's third law of motion, which is that every action has an equal and opposite reaction. Um, or a way that physicists usually think about it is every force has an equal and opposite force. Uh, so the force that your foot is applying to their body there is an equal and opposite force that their body is applying onto your foot. So as you're pushing against their body with your foot, imparting harm, their body is pushing back on your foot, helping you get it back to where it started. Uh, the, the net result of this is that uh, in the Kempo kick, the amount of force that you're imparting into their body is some amount related to how powerfully you send your foot forward. But in the Muay Thai kick, because you're pushing off of them in this way, the force that you're imparting into their body is that same force of how powerfully you sent your kick at them added to the amount of force that you're pushing off of them with so there's the force it took to send your foot forward and then also the force required to bring your foot back the total of those is what's being imparted into their body as opposed to in kempo where it's the force outward uh, that's being imparted so what is a simplified version of that or a simplified, you know, maybe it doesn't take into all the technicalities. Is there a, a visual that might be easier for us to understand? Um, so for the Kempo maybe. kick, so for the Kempo kick, you kick the person and then you use your muscles going back. So there is no momentum bringing your back. Uh, sorry. So there is no momentum bringing your leg back because it's just your muscles yeah that's true uh so in that kempo kick you are required to impart more energy to bring your foot back from the kick um, whereas in the 
Muay Thai kick, you don't have to provide that energy because that energy is coming from contact with the opponent. So you say, I'm hitting you and I'm going to use you to bring me back. Yeah, but not only that, you're also causing the kick to hurt them more by doing that. Because it's like a kick and then a kick while you're already attached to them? Kind of like a little kid kicking the back of an airplane chair? Kind of like that, except both of those... Uh, both of those forces are happening at the same time. Mm -hmm. So instead of feeling like two kicks, it will just feel like one kick that's twice as strong. Because it's technically two kicks. Technically, I think it's only one kick. Okay. Because it's one foot making contact once. Mm -hmm. But the amount of force imparted is double okay because we kick off them in a way we kick them then we kick off them yeah uh, it's like the difference between no i don't have a i don't have a metaphor for this i thought i would <laughs> i thought i'd have a metaphor well that's what i was I thinking there. like the kid on, on the airplane you know they don't always bring they generally don't bring their legs back every time they they kick, they put their, their feet on the seat, and then they just kind of move it back and forth while constantly in contact with that seat. Which is annoying. It's so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't think it's quite the right metaphor for us to be using. Um, because we don't have that pushing off mechanism. So... Perhaps a different example would be like if you're jumping on a trampoline, when you first stand on the trampoline, if you're just standing there without bouncing, the first time you jump up, you get to some height. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be related to how hard you pushed off of the trampoline with your feet. Um, so you get up some height. Then when you come back down and land on the trampoline, that same amount of momentum is going... That same amount of menta, moment, <laughs> That same amount of momentum is being transferred into the trampoline, which then pushes you back with that same force. But if you also push off with your legs while jumping, you get the force of the trampoline pushing you up and this force of you pushing on it again. I fall over every time I do that. Because it's pushing me up while I'm trying to, to, to step down on it and it's just, it's jarring. Understandable. Um, part of that is there is more force involved. And so what you might find bringing the metaphor back in the Muay Thai kick is that there's more force sending you away from your opponent after you've kicked them in this way, which would probably make it harder to do a rechambering motion or indeed to kick repeatedly without setting your foot down. So 
I actually love doing the repeated kicks, but again, as we both said, you can't really do it from a chambered sort of position. Uh, when we do repeated kicks, um, it's like you said, you know, we have to go back on the ground. So we'll kick, we'll come back, we'll bounce, and then we'll bounce back up to kick them again. Yeah, exactly. That's what you would have to do because to compare the two again in the Kempo kick, um, you are pulling your leg back with your own, uh, body's muscles. And so the amount of momentum that you're coming back with isn't as large, but in the Muay Thai kick, because you're kicking off of your opponent, uh, you can have a lot of momentum coming back. And so if you were to try to read chamber or not make contact with the ground, you would have to use all the muscles in your body to counteract that momentum. But by just landing on the ground, you can then push yourself off of the ground, much like how you just push yourself off of your opponent mm -hmm. in order to change the direction of your momentum. Yeah, there's a lot of rhythm in Muay Thai just sort of bouncing back. Well, not bouncing, but um, just kind of a rocking motion, if that makes any sense. So it's kind of like when you kick, you kind of rock back and then you can shoot off again. Or if we're kneeing, we'll kind of like rock back, do the knee, kind of rock back again, can do another knee. There, there's a lot of um, that kind of rocking momentum. So it kind of makes sense that it's just, it's everywhere, really. Yeah. That, that also makes sense, because if your whole body is rocking back and forth, then the amount of momentum that is in your body at that point is greater than if you're j just swinging your arm, say, uh, because momentum, the total momentum depends on the total mass that's moving. That's why like an 18-wheeler has a lot more momentum than a bird even if they are moving at the same speed i'd rather be hit by the bird than the 18 wheeler any day um couldn't imagine why <laughs> well i'll tell you why momentum <laughs> and so a similar thing in your muay thai rhythmic uh what would you call it rhythmic bobbing? just our rhythm we just call it rhythm okay in, in this rhythm, you are moving your entire body so that when, if your whole body is going forward and then you continue that forward motion into, say, your fist, then the amount of uh, momentum that can go into that fist is greater because you can put the momentum of your whole body behind it. And that makes it faster? Yes. Okay. That's going to make it faster. And which would then make it more powerful. So the rhythm is really important and beneficial in the Muay Thai art. I would say so, yeah. Um, but I think that goes beyond just the Muay Thai art. In general, um, in martial arts, there's a concept of using your whole body in a strike as opposed to just the limb that's striking. Because you can do a punch without moving anything past your shoulder. Like, keep your whole torso and legs and head still. 
and just stick out your arm, there's only so much strength that will be behind that because one, you're only using the muscles in your arm um, and two, you're only taking advantage of the mass in your arm. When you move your whole body, then you can make use of other muscles in your body, many of which are larger, stronger muscles than those in the arm, uh, unless you're like really strong. But even then, if you're really strong, the quads would still be pretty big. I hope so. <laughs> That's why you don't skip leg day. <laughs> the second benefit that you get from using your whole body is you can take advantage of the whole momentum, the whole mass of your body to increase the momentum. For example, if you're doing, say, a downward elbow strike, and you do that by just rotating around your shoulder and hitting, that's going to be fine. Um, it might hurt someone if you've got a real beefy arm and you just really go for it. But if you do the same thing, but as you're going down, you just drop into a squat... Um, or if you do what they do on the wrestling shows and you jump up in the air and drop down with the elbow. Because that's so realistic. <laughs> realistic or not, it's going to hurt your opponent a lot more because now the total force coming down in that elbow is increased because you have the entire mass of your body increasing its momentum. So even though Muay Thai has this momentum, it's also found in most other striking arts and possibly grappling as well. I don't know grappling, which is why I say that part. <laughs> um, I know striking arts. Uh, that's my base. That's what I currently do. Um, but since Muay Thai is known for having kind of like, especially it, its kick being more powerful, we talked about the kicking the opponent to kick them and then kind of kicking them again to bring it back. Would you say, other than that, would you say the rocking motion that's constantly there is also adding to that? So it's kind of exacerbating how strong this kick is? Yeah, I would say that. Uh, essentially, if you're rocking forward as you're kicking, then the total momentum you have going forward is the momentum of your entire body in that rocking motion, plus whatever extra oomph you're giving it for the kick. Um, and then as you rock backwards away from the kick, um, that's a larger momentum moving away from your opponent. And since you're using your opponent's body as the medium to change the direction of that momentum... The launching pad. The launching pad, exactly. Um, the more the greater the difference between your starting and ending momentum, the more work had to be done at the launching pad, mm -hmm. i.e. their face. <laughs> and when you're kicking something, whether it's an opponent or a door that won't open, you want to be able to do as much, impart as much force as you can, because that's the point of a kick. Mm-hmm. So I was thinking, um, have you ever like swung a door so yes. hard it kind of bounced? <laughs> Thank you. Have you ever swung a door so hard, but it didn't have like that clicking mechanism? So instead of it um, 
just shutting it bounced back. Yeah. Is that a good an a, a good analogy for this Muay Thai kick? That's a great analogy for the Muay Thai kick. Um, so when that happens, right? If you shut a door, mm-hmm. say you're not very angry, you just close it firmly. That's gonna make a noise. It'll go thunk. Um, but if you slam the door uh, and it bounces back, that's gonna go whoopa. And then ow. Because <laughs> it might hit you back. That's true. Because <laughs> you weren't expecting that. <laughs> but in both of these cases, uh, we can consider how much pain the door frame is taking at that point of closure. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it just closes, the the door is going from high speed to no speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the amount of momentum that's transferred is dependent on whatever its speed is. Uh, one unit of door momentum. <laughs> uh, but in order for, in the second case, where the door swings closed and bounces back, um, first it's coming in with that same one unit of door momentum, but then as it makes contact the door swings back open with more with also momentum um so what that means is that the total force imparted at the frame is that same one unit of door momentum plus something extra to kick it back which is the same as the muay thai kick there's the foot momentum coming in and a little bit extra coming back. But in order to get that amount of force, the force imparted to the opponent's body has to be more. So it has to be a stronger kick to return it to get it back into your stance? That's the thing about this that's very interesting. It doesn't have to be a stronger kick. Um, So you could use the same amount of force to send your foot out towards your opponent. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you just kick them and leave your foot out there and they fall backwards, then your foot is out there in the air, not moving. Um, That's one way you could do this kick. The other way you do this kick is by keeping in contact with their body just a little bit longer to push off of it um and so you don't need to have more momentum going in in order to get that momentum coming back out okay it's all in how you're actually making contact with their body okay but by making contact you just have to make the contact and stay in the contact to push off yeah it's specifically that second part Uh, that's relevant um, because you can definitely make contact with something but not be able to push off from it Uh, the example I think of is breaking a board with your kick Uh, you're not going to be able to push off of it because it's broken (laughs) Um, but if you were to say or you could think of kicking a wall you could kick a wall and then still be standing there and now your foot hurts because you just kicked a wall (laughs) 
Or you can kick a wall in such a way that you're sort of jumping off of the wall after you've kicked it. It's that second one that's more in line with the Muay Thai kick. I think it would still hurt, though. <laughs> it would hurt someone. <laughs> so thank you for coming in today, Dr. Carl. And thank you for helping to uh, clear up some misconceptions with the arm swing and kind of give us a bit of an insight into why this Muay Thai kick is so powerful and that it's not just a, you know, a perception that there's actual physics backing it. Yeah, my pleasure. This was a lot of fun. And turns out, usually there's physics backing everything. <laughs> yes, that is true. Hey everyone, this is Masa. If you enjoyed this podcast, uh, you should definitely subscribe and share it with anyone else who you think might enjoy this. Hey everyone, if you enjoyed this video, please like and hit that subscribe button. We have videos out weekly. We have a podcast that is out monthly, but we are actually going to be changing that soon so that it is twice a month. We'll keep you updated on that probably in the next podcast which won't be a month away so if you enjoyed this um feel free to share it with everyone you know even if they don't like martial arts um and remember that we have an instagram and a facebook page we also have a podcast uh which you're listening to but we have them on actual podcast um channels like google podcast we're on apple podcast we're on most of the podcast things out there and yeah so we'll see you next time